This is our, I don't even know what uh, episode this is. I think it's number, episode number seven, six, seven. And uh, so I'm glad you all have been with us for this journey. We have a very special guest today. And no one can ever say that I only bring people from Monument on our show. Our show is for everybody. I have some really cool friends in the industry and even other places. And we let them show up here from time to time. Melinda Miller, as most of you know, uh, is uh, one of the more, more dynamic leaders and, and members of the Keller Williams uh, organization. And she's been, a, I think, forever. I don't know, having like a million years at Keller Williams Arlington or Keller Williams Lone Star now. And that's where I got to know her best. And uh, she's an outstanding leader. And even though she's not at Monument, she's at my second favorite brokerage that's okay uh she's a phenomenal teacher instructor leader and so and we always want to put uh, people like that in front of you obviously all of our conversations are meant to entertain educate and encourage so we want to make sure that we hit all three i think we'll be able to do that with our guest today and uh, we'll just get right into it i, I want to so our today's episode is titled entitled is that how you say you say entitled uh staying alive right and so staying alive you know oh, the bg's hit staying alive we probably uh you know i don't know what the uh the royalty situation is or i don't think we can use the song to come into <laughs> without having to pay money but use that one yeah, yeah, staying alive, the Bee Gees. Let that be your intro music okay. at, when you go speak at conferences yeah. and okay. wherever. Like let staying alive be your that's your theme. Okay, because Melinda has done just that. She's <laughs> <laughs> she has stayed alive. I mean, literally, uh, and uh, she had a very very scary health bout, um, and and she was close within twenty four hours of, of not not being here. Um, but she is here, and and there's a lot of life revelations that occur when one gets to uh, when one gets that close to understanding their mortality, and uh, and so she's got a lot of lessons now for those who are living life to where you don't have to get to where she got before you learn these lessons, and yes. you can start to implement these things in your life now. And so I just wanted her to be able to come and share that with us today, and. First, let me just start with this, Melinda. We love to uh, let people kind of get to know your personality a little bit just by uh, questions that we'll ask just to kind of know, you know, what, what, what things you like, what you enjoy doing. Do you have a favorite movie of all time? I like all of the Creed movies. I can't say it's the one of all times, but here lately that has been, well, I would say the past five years. Uh-huh. I've been really like into Creed. Into Creed. So when okay. I I just saw Creed three, it was an excellent movie. Excellent movie. I told you I was taking notes in okay. the movie theater. <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, that that I would say right now that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Now remember, we talked about this one time before. Your one of your other favorite movies. Oh gosh, no, you're gonna have to tell them. I know you. Right. It's, you're it's say. Imitation of Life. It right. It is definitely Imitation. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All the things you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, Imitation no, no. of Life. If you haven't seen it, it's an old black and white movie. You is it black it. and white? Is it well, color? Well, they redid it in color. Oh, okay. but The original is black and white. Uh, it is now in color. You can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably Google it, and you'll see it on like a YouTube Mint? or something. Streaming like services. I think yeah. it's it's so. running on those. So, Imitation of Life. Let me tell you a quick story about that. Oh gosh, this is gonna be. Funny. And my closest friends know this, so I'm gonna share this with all of you. Don't boys. judge me, y'all, about the movie. But go ahead. No, 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 no. We want well. Sarah Jane, that's another piece. Well, that was just inside. I wasn't not. I was not going to share that with everybody because there's another inside joke about that. But um, those who know me know me really well. Uh, they know that for years and years, uh, all the way until I was a young adult, like out of college, mm-hmm. I feared Mahalia Jackson. Why? Like, like, like petrified just scared <laughs> of her why is that that's and interesting so here's what what apparently 
happen as a as a kid. We watched that movie at home, uh, Imitation of Life, and very good movie. Is it right? your mom's favorite movie or your dad's favorite movie? Neither one. Neither, <laughs> I, neither one. That is just a. I don't know how we came across it. It was on and watched it, and yeah. that was a great movie. Until um, the funeral scene, and Mahalia Jackson is singing that, you know, what's that song that does, uh, sooner I'll be done yeah, with, oh, exactly. Troubles of the World. <laughs> the song in and of itself is already so ominous and, and scary by itself. But the way Mahalia Jackson sang that song, the way she opened her mouth, her mouth I've never seen anybody open their mouth as wide as she was able to do. And in my mind, it seemed weird, almost like something was like she was scary to me. And so later that night, it was a thunderstorm, and my room was upstairs, and outside of my room, there's a big tree. And so when the lightning would happen, you could see – you can see outside and see reflections of the tree. And so I swear to you to this day, and it seems so vivid. It did not seem like a dream. I feel like you're going back there like right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to tell you how this happened. Oh, goodness. In this scenario, which obviously had to have been a dream but didn't feel like it, Mahalia Jackson in the middle of a thunderstorm lightning and everything was sitting in that tree outside of my window <laughs> oh my singing that song oh hell bless your heart and um it scared me so much it felt like it was like she was about to try to do something to me right like it was a like a death song and like she was after me chasing me to do something and so from time to time i would have these dreams about Mahalia, and she was always up to something nefarious right and so I've, I feared Mahalia Jackson, <laughs> even in college. I think that's one of the last times I had one of those dreams at <laughs> the University of Texas. Oh, I remember in my apartment one time, been just waking straight up out of the bed. This is going to be entertaining. I can see. Well, I'm just saying that Mahalia. So, and Mahalia Jackson's a wonderful, uh, one of the greatest vocalists of all times. But for me. Mahalia Jackson is going to always be somewhat. Yeah, I I got past it. I appreciate what she does, and 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 I can listen to her without being scared now. But now, if it's dark outside and it's nighttime and stuff, we're not doing Mahalia Jackson. We're not listening <laughs> to Mahalia Jackson. But daytime and stuff, or even at a funeral now, if somebody okay. wants to do a Mahalia Jackson. Uh, you don't song. really hear her songs anymore, but I get. No, it. yeah, yeah. I guess that you yeah. know, this is back in the day. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit, but yeah, now that now you go to we're a, both dating ourselves with that movie, but well, if you go to a funeral of an old enough person, you'll hear some, yeah, you know, true, right? You you get some Mahalia Jackson. There will always be some some woman at, in one of the older churches that you know that because that's who they that was the standard they were yes, trying to be Mahalia, sure. and so you can get some, you still can get some of that Mahalia Jackson. But anyway, so I, I say all that to say. That yes, now all of you know something about me that's unique. That uh, I had a, a just a, uh, an incredible fear of Mahalia Jackson yeah. for many years. I know how I'm going to use this in the future. Thanks for the information. <laughs> yeah, you're very good. welcome. Yeah. Well, you can't do anything to me that nobody that people used to back when we had answer machines. People used to play Mahalia Jackson. On I'd go home and hear the answer machine. That's what we got. And that kind of, so people used to do, kind of cruel about yeah. it, but okay. you know. It is what it is. But um, so very good. Imitation of Life, great movie. Check that out if you haven't seen it before. So Melinda, let's 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 get into it. You you um, team lead at uh, Keller Williams a few years ago. Um, and I remember coming to visit you in your office during the height of COVID. COVID was raging. Right. And uh, but we were we were at the point where we can move around, so we weren't yes. on lockdown. But everybody was being advised. Doctor mm-hmm. Fauci was saying, "Put wear your mask and yeah. get vaccinated and all this stuff." And I, I remember rushing out to get vaccinated. Right? I was not listen. The everything said that look, if you were a little heavier, because I was a little weight, you you're diabetic, yes. I was type two diabetic, everything, all the, all the things, all the things that, that COVID was going to jump out and get you. I had them. Right. right. So okay. I went and got vaccinated, 
kept my mask on. I wore even a desperado mask, the one that looked like yes. about to rob someplace, right? Correct. But I wanted to make sure I was good. Yeah. So I have to come over to Arlington and visit you in your office. <clears throat> and the first thing I notice, there is a bowl with these wristbands out at the front desk. And there were options. The, if you wore one bracelet, it meant that I'm cool. I, COVID don't mean nothing to me. You don't wear a mask. You can cough in my face. I'm good. It may as well say <laughs> they should have had writing on it, not just a color. It's just, I don't give a damn about COVID is what it should have <laughs> said. <laughs> and so I see that. I'm like, really? This is what we doing? And so I see a lot of people walk around, no mask, you know, everybody good, coughing, laughing, each other's face and all that stuff. And then there's another bracelet that says, no, uh, you know, it, it should have said. It was uh, red. Red said, and red should have said, hey, COVID is real, right? And everybody should have had that one on. Correct. So and then I walk back to your office. And I see you at the desk. You just doing your thing, being you. At my desk, at, yes. At, well, listen, you didn't get, you didn't just you had to walk through all that to get I to your desk. wore a mask, for sure. Well, that's what you say. That's what you say. Every time I saw you, you didn't have a mask. Every time and I saw you. you were always in my office. Okay, but you didn't have a mask on, right? Correct. And there you are in this environment. Mm-hmm. And I said, Melinda, you know, I don't know what, you, what you're doing, but you need to get you, get vaccinated and start wearing a mask. Okay. Even right. if you're sitting in this office, in your own office, because COVID is for real. I'm like, they, they they ain't playing with that. I mean, y'all sitting there listening to the wrong people. I'm not trying to make this political, so y'all please don't do not do this to me. So, you know, I know because there's a lot of people that, that you know. Now, the whole bracelet thing was not under my leadership. I know you way. didn't. I know you didn't do that. I know yes. that was not your, your it thing. It was under my leadership. Yeah, but but it was happening. And it so, was happening, and yes. So, um, and, you know, it was happening in an environment where there were some people who didn't believe in COVID. Some people did and all that right. stuff. And so you had to protect yourself. So I said, Belinda, um, you need to, to wear your mask. You need to go get vaccinated. Yes. You need to go do that like yesterday. Correct. Okay. Fast forward. This is why I asked for the questions. Ahead that's of right. That's why I didn't give you the questions <laughs> ahead of time. So fast forward, we get to, I get a phone call. They say, hey, you know, uh, we're talking about something else, and then it kind of comes up. It's almost like they, they kind of wanted to wait on it a little bit and tell me, hey, you know, by the way, you you know, you ever get people say, hey, you know, and of course you don't know. I didn't know this. Right. But you know, by the way, uh, Melinda's in the hospital. I said, what's she in the hospital for? Well, she got COVID. Now, <clears throat> I go silent for a second when this happens because I am furious. I'm like, Melinda has what? Well, she's got COVID. Now, I know you had a chance to get, you can get COVID no matter what, right? Even if you're Correct. being very protective. But I knew you weren't being protective. Do you, you really know oh, that? Heck yeah, I knew that because it's too Because I had to, you came into my office and I didn't have on a mask. That, that wasn't the first time we had that conversation. That, okay, was, the, right that was the last time we had the conversation before I'm the you guest, I'll be quiet. Go right Yeah, ahead. well, no, no, no. You're going to have plenty of time to talk in a minute, but I had to set this up properly. Okay. So I get this guy and so that you in the hospital. Right? Yes. I'm like, dang, well, you know, she's going to be all right. This is what I'm thinking. She's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. And, you know. Um, then I get a call later, a couple of days later, like, dude, she ain't doing good. And I was like, what you mean? They're like, it's, it's bad. I'm like, oh. So I moved from being mad to now I'm scared. I'm right. praying for you. I'm like, she's going to make it. She's going to make it. And then I'm getting calls that, no, dude, she ain't going to make it. Wow. I'm like, what? I said, no way. And you had been in there so long. And I, you know, I was concerned about that because it had been a long time. But I was like, you know, I know this this is a process. You got to get. And then, um, and I'm going to let you tell us. Tell us how close it. Okay. So, y'all, I say all that to say because this is my only chance to be able to, to do this because Melinda really is old, a good cussing out for me because I told <laughs> You're not her. the only person oh, who yeah, said it's, that. It's Go a right bunch ahead. of people who believe that. But 
But I moved from that to a place of gratitude that you were able to come out of this yes, on the other sure. side. Everything's good. So we, we thank so the Lord for that. So still waiting for that. So everybody moment. wants, yeah, because yeah. so we don't know right. The we right. could probably have a line outside and could have called everybody over and we could just do And we might there. ultimately do that. Yeah. We'll probably go to a restaurant someplace and let everybody come and do that together. We'll no, do, make that a joint. First. We'll do that yeah. as a joint effort. <laughs> but so now tell me, Melinda, what, so everybody knows how bad it got and how close this you were to not not being here what what here's here's the interesting fact about this um i was not vaccinated i had called everybody i know make sure they were vaccinated mm. i myself did not get vaccinated i really felt like i had avoided covid and if i had it i didn't know i had it uh and when i say that i mean I mean, I was in the office, even on the uh, shelter in place. Mm -hmm. I was still going to the office, checking on everything, uh, just to make sure things were okay. Uh, and then when we could stay home, mm -hmm. I would still go in sure. and check on things, you know. Get them close up. enough to the mic showing so up. everybody can hear that. Yeah, up. make sure you say all oh, this right? in the mic. Good. So, yeah. All right. I was showing up. So, I did that. And I hadn't gotten COVID, so I really felt like I was good. I, I really did feel like I was good. Superman. <laughs> Superwoman. Superwoman. Uh, but, yeah, I thought I was great. Now, here's the crazy part about COVID. We heard the symptoms. We heard what to watch out for. We heard uh, how your body would respond, all of those things, and I didn't have any of those symptoms. Mm -hmm. If I had had a fever at any point, I didn't know I had a fever, right? Maybe, um, so I, um, I don't know, one day I just could not catch my breath. Like, I literally, I was tired, thought I needed vacation, because remember, I had just come and resigned from leadership uh, on the level I was on as a team leader, mm -hmm. So when I did that, I thought, you know, I just need a vacation. I need rest. I need to change my diet. Mm -hmm. I, all of these things, never at any point did I think, oh, it's COVID. Mm -hmm. So this was now July of 2021, and I was like, let me take a COVID test. So I had just had a death in my family, and I went, um, took the COVID test, didn't have the results back, went to the funeral, after the funeral, I just had no energy. Like, I walked from one part of the church to, like, the back, and I felt like I needed to rest. So I told my husband, I said, something's different today. I feel like I can't catch my breath. I'm going to call my doctor. So I called my doctor. I said, hey, I've taken a COVID test. I don't have my results back yet, but I can't catch my breath. Can I come in to the office? And they're like, no way. Go to the emergency room. I go to the emergency room, uh, I'm walking in, and I'm waiting. The entire waiting room is filled with people. At this point, I don't know, they all have COVID, mm -hmm. but they so all they have all COVID. COVID. Sure, <laughs> right? I go up, I um, give them my name, give them my information, my insurance card, all the things. And then um, they put the O2 um oxygen thing on I forgot what it's called now but um they put that on and they're like whoa you flew you flew in on wings today mm. and I was like like what you know I don't even know mm -hmm. what that means and they said your oxygen's at a 30 a 30 a 30 your oxygen FYI should be at a 99 to 100 mm -hmm. so it's at a 30 and I am uh, concerned, of course, mm. but I still, I'm not making the connection mm -hmm. at this point. So I immediately get rushed back to the uh, emergency room um, area, and they start, of course, to put oxygen on me. And then I feel like my oxygen's going up. I'm going to be great. I'm going to get to go home. They're going to give me some medication. Mm -hmm. All's going to be well. Right. And then... The nurse comes back in, and he says, you do have COVID. And I was like, oh, wow. So I text my friend a picture of myself with the oxygen on, mm -hmm. and I was like, because I just come back from Vegas. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of halfway playing. You're playing a little bit. See? <laughs> right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so it's me, right? So it's my sense of humor, <laughs> odd as it is. So I take a picture, and I said, the one thing, oh, every, everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas except COVID. Mm. 
And of course, they're like, "What? You have COVID? I can't believe you know all the all the things." And so. I'm still not thinking of the danger I'm in, even mm-hmm. though I know my oxygen's at a 30, but I still don't know then, what that then, means. Like, right. It doesn't mean anything to me. So I uh, next next thing, someone comes in and they say, we're going to have to put you on the ventilator. And I'm like, oh, uh, it got real. No. Oh, like, yeah, it got... It's like seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Yeah. I was just taking a picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're like, okay, you, we have to put you on a ventilator. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. So I'm texting my husband because now they're not letting him come back. Right. Right. Uh, so I think he had gone to take my son home and then he came back and they're like, he can't come back because of COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so I have my husband's friend is a surgeon and I'm like, he's going to know what to do. He's going to know what's best for me. Let me text him. Mm-hmm. So I text him and I say, listen, I need you to find my husband and help him help me. And I don't even know what happened after that. The other uh, text I sent out was to uh, my uh, one of our office leaders. I text her and I said, listen, um, I was I'm like I was already telling people, okay, I'm not gonna be able to show up for that event because right. I have COVID, and I'm still not thinking it's extremely serious when I text her. Right. It wasn't until they came back and said something about the ventilator. Now let me say this real quick, though. Yes, don't ever. So if y'all listening, don't. If I ever end up sending you a text <laughs> message and tell you to t- help my wife help me, don't. It, don't do that. Kid, get tested me first. Don't don't no. send somebody to go be telling. Because no. if my wife gets a message like that, oh, the I'll send a oh, message. I want, it. I wanted him to get the message like, I don't know what's going on back here because he can't come back. But why didn't you just send him a message? No, I'd already sent him a message. He hadn't responded. Oh, because he was you at Whataburger or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting Starbucks. Yeah, he was. <laughs> He's just, just waiting for when he to come get, when you get discharged. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's what he was thinking. Because we're not thinking anything serious at this right. point. Well, he wasn't. Right. And I wasn't either because it wasn't until they said I need to put you on a ventilator. So when they said that, I immediately call my um I text a friend. I told her, Hey, they want to put me on a ventilator. I don't want it. Like I don't want that. And then, you know, keep in contact with my husband to figure out what's going on. And then I text my pa- my parents' pastor. I call them, and I said, hey, I need you to pray with me. Pray with that person. Next thing you know, I don't remember anything else. From that point, I don't remember anything else until I wake up again. Let me tell you something. You were doing too much in that whole <laughs> just be uh, just be still. Because that, that would have messed me up more. Like, then she's going to call, talking about let's, let's pray together. Now we can't hear nothing from her. Do you know what those people were thinking well, when that I, happened? I have, no, I have no idea what they were thinking. I will ask them one day, what were they thinking when they got that text message? But I, I don't know. You ask them, and they're going to be like, dang, what is she doing? And, and here's and he, let me say, we can joke about it now. Yeah, of course. Now, had you now. had you passed away, mm-hmm. the, your obituary <laughs> picture should have been that one, that last picture you sent, the one where you try to be funny with the, with the oxygen and all this stuff. That should have been on, <laughs> on the front of your obituary. Oh my god! Because that would have been a lesson for everybody. It would have been a COVID lesson, right? Yeah. But anyway, so okay, so then you don't remember anything until you wake up. And when do you wake up? October. I don't know. Around October. When did you go into the hospital? July. July. Of 2021. 2021. July 2021, you wake up in October. Now, I don't even know it's October at this point. I know. I'm sure you don't. (laughs) You know, everybody at the fair and everything, we enjoying corner dogs and stuff, and you still just waking up from COVID. Yeah. 2021, October 2021. Actually, I had missed my whole birthday. My birthday's in October, and I had missed my birthday, like, for sure. So when you wake up, what do you, what do you, do you <sighs> even recognize it's been a minute or do you, does it feel like you just. I don't know if I should even share all of this, but I'm going to go ahead and share this. I When I would wake up, mostly it was at night, uh-huh. uh, I would wake up and I was thinking, what am I doing here? Like, cause I, I don't even know where I am at this point. Uh-huh. Now, mind you. I'm looking, I'm in the bed uh-huh. looking up so I can see like windows and things like that around me, but I don't see people. Right. So because I don't see people, I can't figure it out. And of course, what do I think? 
did we move? Like, how did we move? And I didn't know we moved. Because uh-huh. the way the hospital room is set up, it is set up kind of like a living room. Like, I saw a sofa. I saw uh-huh. a window. saw another window here and curtains. Of course, I'm in the ICU. Right. You know, they have, they have the curtains and uh-huh. the windows. And um, I'm like, wow, where am I? Mm-hmm. So at this point... I don't know if anybody knows this, but when you are trying to figure out life, there's a lot of people you think about. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, all I could think about was my mother. Mm -hmm. I don't talk to my mom every day. Mm -hmm. My mom lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth Mm -hmm. area. Don't talk to her every day. But I knew if I found my mother, I could probably get some answers Mm -hmm. as to what was going on. I wasn't even, bless Dennis's heart, Mm -hmm. my husband. I didn't even think about him at the time. I'm thinking, how did we move? And I don't even know we've moved right. at this point. Because so, I haven't made it all together. Of course, I'm probably still drugged up yeah, a lot. Obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's... And that's so and, and you can't talk, right? Because no. you've got the, the ventilator stuff so and all that. So, I don't really on. know that I can't talk. Uh-huh. Except I know I'm talking, right? I'm right. trying to communicate with people. And they really can't hear me. Because I have the ventilator. Uh, I have all kinds of stuff. But I don't know any of this is going on. Okay. I'm thinking just... Let me get out of the bed. I'm going to get out of here. Uh-huh. I can tell I'm in a bed, uh-huh. right? Um, but so you can't tell that you're connected to anything? You, do you not hear the machines and mm-hmm. all this stuff? No, not really. No. I think it probably had become um, so routine that it's it was just kind so of So how does that out. not scare you to death, though? It seemed like I would be, that would cause me to have a heart attack right there. I'm like, I don't know where. What is this? Well, it's interesting because, um, so... I'm uh, at some point tied to the bed, and it wasn't until a nurse came and uh, or a doctor or something came and shared with my husband, we're going to send an order to untie her because if she wakes up mm-hmm. and realizes that she's tied to the bed, she's going to panic, mm-hmm. and if she's fighting to come back and mm-hmm. then she panics, then it's going to be worse mm-hmm. instead of being better. So, right. so I was tied down for a while, but I can't even move my hands. So even if I think I'm moving them, I'm not moving my hands. Like your brain is telling your hands to move, but when they're not moving, you're not paying attention to that. Wow. I know, yeah. So then during this whole period, though, from from July to October, Correct. what is the update that your husband Dennis and everybody is receiving from, the, what is the hospital uh, saying? So I, 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 I should have bought Dennis with me. Uh, here's the thing. a lot They were saying I wouldn't come back because that was what had been happening, uh-huh. right? Uh, my mom, when she reflects back on everything, people were being rolled out like daily uh, that had been dying of COVID. Mm-hmm. I actually was the first person to leave that hospital in a 90-day period who had survived COVID. Wow. And I probably had it the worst than probably anybody in there at that time because of I ended up developing quadruple pneumonia, which I had pneumonia four times. So I would have pneumonia, get over it, have it again, get over it. Last two times, I believe it was pseudomonas pneumonia. Uh, It may have been the last time, but at least the last two, it was pseudomonas pneumonia, which is caused by the ventilator. Look at you. People weren't coming back from that either. So. You learned all these terms and stuff. You got you a medical. Fancy, fancy. Yeah, yeah so, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Google doctor now, yeah. yeah. So, but it got so bad mm-hmm. to at one, at, at, the, at the very tail end of it, they tell Dennis and everybody that, hey, we, we got to take her off the, the thing. Right. We, and to explain, tell us that. So, um, time after time, they were telling Dennis I wouldn't be able to bounce back just based on my condition. Now, I did not know going in, I am overweight. I did not go go in knowing that I had diabetes. Mm, so, I had that. Didn't that. know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Well, it was probably more borderline at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, so, they were uh, sharing with him that, I, that he needed to just let go, right? Mm-hmm. It would be better for him, better for me. Um, you know, instead of possibly suffering from what would have happened or or what did happen, I should mm-hmm. say. Uh, so they were preparing him for that. Uh, also, the doctors, the chaplain, of course, you know, they're they're in preparation mode. Like, this is how you probably need to proceed going forward. Mm-hmm. My husband asked for some more time for prayers from my pastor and... Um, 
and so they gave him that. They gave him the the time. So they had um, were trying to prove to him that my body was not responding to the point to where he um, the doctor shook my body to show him that like she's not doing anything like Mm -hmm. she's just laying here and so in that moment Dennis um said he listened patiently to the doctor and his report and what he suggested yet he was upset but he didn't show he was upset Mm -hmm. so what he did at that point I actually had a client whose best friend was part of the medical staff at that hospital Mm -hmm. Somehow they got word of it. They connected with Dennis. She came to check on me. And, of course, you know, offering support, suggestions, that type of thing. And it pays to do your clients right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Never know who knows who. Uh, And so from that point, um, they tried to get another doctor on my case or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so they were going to show Dennis that if they removed all medication – and my body still didn't respond, that would be the indication that there was nothing else left to do. Mm-hmm. So they unplugged me from all medication for two days. Basically, they didn't check on me anymore for those two days. Dennis still did his routine. He would check three times a day. He would come by three times a day. And this is when he could see me because okay. at some point he couldn't see me the first 30 days right. because of COVID. Sure. So this is a COVID wing. So mm-hmm. I had moved from the COVID wing to a regular ICU room because I no longer had COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm unplugged from everything um, for two days. Of course, I still have the breathing machine. It's medication I'm unplugged from. Mm-hmm. And when um, they came in, my body had, my kidneys had shut down. So my body's swelling. Mm-hmm. So I'm completely swollen. My tongue's hanging out my mouth. Oh, it won't nah. go back in. Uh, and, yeah, that I mean, that was that was like the very end of right there in that moment. And that was around the end of August that that part happened. Yeah. So then a doctor from Dallas. Right. So the next – so, of course, this is a time, like, hospitals are like – majorly understaffed right right? um not just because of what was going on covid but some of them were getting sick Mm -hmm. because that's what they were around all day so um the second day um so dennis and my pastor came prayed for me um and prepared for the worst Mm -hmm. or the best like they were just prepared either way Mm -hmm. Um, Dennis decided after he and my pastor came and prayed for me that he was going to come back normal time that he comes mm-hmm. at night, right before visiting hours are up. And he, you know, he's still showing, he's still, you know, doing real estate. Mm-hmm. I have my son who had just was about but to start grad- college yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, he had already graduated. We had just had a party in June, uh, for his graduation. So he was going off to school and, um, and then what else happened? Um, is there anything else that was going on then? I mean, that's enough yeah, all yeah. by itself. So he came back in and he just said, Melinda, I haven't given up. Like, don't give up. Keep fighting. You know, that kind of thing. He knew that hearing uh, from what he understood was the last thing to go. And um, now do you, but do you, can you remember hearing any of this or do you? I remember parts in which I heard him. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily remember that right. per se. I feel like I do, but. I, mm-hmm. I really, I can't really place that part. Um, and then what happened? Oh, and then the next morning, so, of course, my parents haven't seen me this entire right. time. Wow. And like I said, my parents are here in Dallas-Fort Worth, so they we had just lost my, the funeral I went to was my cousin, mm-hmm. and we've, you know, been in each other's lives all of our lives. And um, so our family had just experienced an untimely death as well, mm-hmm. you know, from my cousin. And so my parents have not been able to see me this entire time. So we're a day probably between 30 and 45 days or so. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. No, no, that was the end of August. Yeah, so end of August. So at least 30 plus days. Yeah, All right. So where are we now? Okay, so next morning a doctor comes in and says, I know they've given up. This is Dr. Blow if he's listening. <laughs> Dr. Blow from Methodist Dallas comes in 
And uh, he says, I know they've given up. Let me try one more thing. So he tried several things of this one more thing. And I woke up that next day. Right. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Wow. I know. And Dr. Blow. So you've not met Dr. Not Blow. Met you just Dr. know his Blow. name. Blow. So we got to make name. that reunion. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm trying here. So, yeah. I am trying for sure. So I just got actually an office phone number for him not too long ago. I just need to reach out without sounding like a weirdo. Like, hey, yeah, this guy saved my life. Can I meet him? I was going to say, you <laughs> saved your life. Seems like you could have found Dr. Blow by now. I mean, right. you, you didn't put in the effort to find Dr. Blow. <laughs> But uh, I can find a house. Yeah, you can find yeah. a house, but I can't find Doctor Blow. Okay, but so here's the thing. So you, so when you wake up, and this is now the end end of August. Yeah. So uh, September first was at like September first was the actual day. Okay. I woke up, so that's like my second birthday. Yes. <laughs> October and September. Okay. So, but now you're up, but you're in in poor condition, right? right. Now yeah, we got to get you. Back to, to the health. And so you're still having to be hospitalized all the way from that point to October? Was no, that it? I didn't get out of the hospital until December. What? Wait a minute now. <laughs> it was December. So, okay, so go into the hospital. I go through the worst part, right? September 1st, I'm alert somewhat. I mean, you know, my body's moving now. Right. You know, things are moving. Uh, I'm on dialysis now at this point uh-huh. every day. And then October I, 4th is when I'm more conscious okay. of what's happening. So uh-huh. around October 4th, I actually get transferred to another hospital. So this was more of a rehabilitation hospital. Mm. The hospital I was in had done everything they could do. Right. Um, and then... Um, this is like at this point, I still don't know it's October. Right. So I go to the new hospital. So at, well, let's go back then. So when you when you do wake up, you're just kind of still just kind of in and out of consciousness. Yeah. Not yeah, really. Absolutely. And nobody's really talking to you no, like, hey, Melinda, which, do you know? By the way, can I just say to anybody, if you go visit people, tell them like, hey, today is. <laughs> this is what's this happening. This is what's going on. And I don't care if you told them yesterday. Don't assume they know it in the order in which you're telling them or they can grasp so do you not so you don't think people were telling you they maybe you just want to remember yeah like Dennis says that I told you every day every I, day I, yeah I know it Dennis it's, is. it's no way Dennis <laughs> didn't tell you you just weren't yeah. yeah okay so then you go to the rehabilitation hospital and they mm-hmm. you're there having well, to Well now at this point let me just tell you okay they care flights coming in they're telling me hey Melinda you get to leave and I'm thinking I'm going home right and uh, I'm like, okay, great. And so I can, my room is right outside the helicopter landing. So okay. I can see the helicopter. I'm like, I don't need anybody pushing me out because I'm like, um, is it time to go? And they're like, no, we got to wait for a gurney to train. I was like, I, don't, I can walk out. Just tell me which way to go and I can walk out. Now, I cannot walk out. Yeah, what are you? And, and I don't know this, though. And you're going to a helicopter? <laughs> Come on now. I mean, your situation can't be. Yeah, like you walk into the car like you're going to an Uber or something. They taking so, you by, by care well, flight? at this point, I think they decided not to do care flight. They did um, an ambulance, okay. right? There were several people leaving at this time uh, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so I'm seeing other people going out. I see them and I'm like, hurry up. Like, let's get it. <laughs> let's go. And so, you know, my family's encouraging me to be patient. Right. Uh, I have learned a whole new level of patience. And so I, um, get on the, fl- you know, get on the, uh, in the ambulance, and the the guys even telling me put your mask on, uh, right? Yeah, you probably put the mask well, on. Then, I didn't, didn't know. I didn't. I couldn't move, and he didn't know. Like I couldn't oh, okay. move my arms, so oh, okay. he's like, "You still didn't put your mask on." I'm like, "I like thought that. I did," like, because right. in my mind, my I'm moving, right, 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 but I'm not. Like I can lift my hands to wave, okay, but I couldn't really do anything else, okay. So I get to the next hospital. Uh, Specially select inside of Baylor, uh-huh. and I get there, and this is where I start to really feel like I know what's happening. Okay, 
right? And so I told my husband, I was like, you're not leaving me here, are you? And he's like, uh, yeah, you'll be fine. And yeah. I was like, oh, do not leave me here. Luckily, he did not leave me here because when they're reading my or leave me by myself, mm-hmm. when they're reading my notes, they see I was on a ventilator. So I'm in that hospital and they were trying to put the ventilator back on. Oh, me no. Because they were thinking I used it at night. Right. Oh, OK. Imagine what that would have been like had he not stayed. Oh, wow. Uh, after a couple of days, uh, rehabilitation comes in and they're like, uh they probably, I probably understood more of what they were saying at the gotcha. time. Rehabilitation comes in, and this is when I find out it's October. So my aunt is in the room, and rehab comes in, and they're like, um, you know, I keep trying to get people to let me get out of the bed because mm-hmm. I really, truly believe I can walk right. at this point. So I keep trying to get rehab to let me out of the bed or my nurse, mm-hmm. hey, let me walk here or whatever. They don't allow that, of mm-hmm. course, and I can't walk. Um, so my aunt, they were like, so do you know what today is? And I'm like, oh gosh. And I was like, um, July, you know, I'm thinking July Uh and they're like, no. And I'm like, August. And my aunt goes, birthday month, birthday month. And I was thinking birthday month, whose birthday? Right. You know, I'm like, we can't be back in July. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause my husband's birthday is in July. Her birthday is in September. Uh And then I was like, oh, my God, my birthday? Right. <laughs> like, like, October? And I am like, I cannot believe at this point it's October. So it all of it's real now. You're yeah, like, now I cannot believe like, this is going on. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking I missed my son's birthday. My son's birthday is in August. We had just celebrated my husband's birthday. Uh-huh. Um, and a matter of fact, my in-laws were in town while I was sick. Right. Right? And... I was I didn't have the energy to do anything even mm-hmm. during that time, but uh, anyway, um, so I go and um, find out it's October, and then it really becomes real. Uh-huh. Like you know, they start coming in. This is the kind of therapy we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna go forward. So, anyway, uh, I can go on and on. So, so then you finally get to the point where you can be released in December. Correct. And so, but what is <laughs> you you get out, you're released, but what is life like now? You've missed, you've been out a dang near half a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, and then first of all, are you aware at this point of how close you came to I, death? I am aware right. somewhat uh, because things start coming back to me, mm-hmm. right? So I am aware where I am, especially when I realized I couldn't walk. Like that was the, you know, there's like a turning point. Mm -hmm. The turning point was every day I would ask someone to let me out of the bed to walk, right? Mm -hmm. To go to the bathroom, all this kind of stuff. And I'm still at this point on dialysis. Uh, Early on, my kidneys did recover Mm -hmm. while I was in the second hospital, so no longer on dialysis. But, of course, I still can't walk. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. I just think they're holding me down, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Crazy stuff. (laughs) So my – luckily for me, I had a therapist who understood what it was going to take for my mindset to really understand where I was. Gotcha. Now, this, Al, I would say is, like, gut-grinching for me. So she comes in and she said, here's what we're going to do. There's a process to this. You can walk when you can sit up for 45 minutes. And I'm like, no problem. Uh Like, I got this, right? So I get to the point where I need to sit up. Well, I can't sit up. I don't even know I can't sit up. Right. So every day it would be, okay, we're going to sit up for one minute. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to sit up for three. And I'm like a four-month-old, wobbly, tobbly, all of this. And they were like, okay, you need to rest. We can see you needing to rest. I'm like, no, I can stay up longer. And Uh my aunt, who would come on Thursdays to sit with me, and she was like, rest. You know what I mean? So then I get the other therapist that says, okay, we're going to fit you for a wheelchair. When you go home, you're going to go home in a wheelchair. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to sell houses in a wheelchair? You've got to be kidding me, right? So finally, I'm sitting up for 45 minutes. the, The therapist says to me, we're going to put this gate belt on uh-huh, you. To help you get up. Right. And I'm going to stand in front of you. I'm going to sit. I'm going to stand kneecap to kneecap, toe to toe with you. I'm not going to let you fall. Uh-huh. Okay. So she said on three, 
you're going to stand up. Mm -hmm. So it's like one, two, three. And when I go to stand, nothing moves. I am like anchored to the belt. I mean, to the bed. I feel like, like somebody's holding me down and I'm like, and I'm like, at this point, I, I just let out this scream like, oh, my gosh. Like, now it's even more right. real that I cannot walk. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I've been walking all my life. Right, you know what I'm saying? right. So this is like where I'm like, okay, I got to rethink this. And I'm thinking, okay, I can show a house in a wheelchair. I'm just going to show one stories. And I can still coach and I can still teach. I can still do all these things, right? And you processing all this oh, just process- right there? Like in, it's in that, it's it- like, like it's going like 100 miles an hour. My mind, I'm a fast thinker, right? So I'm thinking all these things. So I've already come to the conclusion I'm going to go home in a wheelchair I'm going to show you know houses I'm going to show one stories I'm going to coach I'm going to teach like all this is in my mind so now someone comes on I was like I can't go home in a wheelchair now I'm thinking like I cannot go home in a wheelchair and so finally we get to the point to where it's it's still a process like mm-hmm. I'm working out the, I'm learning patience at a whole new level when I ring that bell on the hospital bed, I'm like, I need you, like, right now. Well, they can't come to me. Right. My mom's like, uh, you're not the only patient in this <laughs> hospital. Like, you, they, they can't bring you anything. So, at this point, I even I cannot even drink water because they don't want anything getting clogged. They don't want water going to my lungs, okay. causing pneumonia again. Mm-hmm. So, I had, uh, I would tell Dennis, since you can't hear me, because I'm talking like this. Mm-hmm. If you can't hear me, bring me something to write with. Out, I pick up a pen, I can't even write, and I just try to throw it across the room, and it just falls like right here, right? Right. So I'm I'm trying to figure it all out. Like I'm a note writer. Anybody who knows Melinda Miller knows I'm gonna send you a note in the mail. Uh I'm gonna send you a card in the mail. I'm gonna welcome you to our office with a note card, right? So I can't write at this point. And I was like, this has got to be the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And now my husband, of course, is coming in every day, but then he's still leaving, working. He stays the night. That hospital will let him stay the night. Mm-hmm. So he stays the night and then goes to work and then comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dennis he, needs to be. I wish we had Dennis. <laughs> had Dennis. Dennis <laughs> deserves Dennis. a, a I mean, <laughs> listen, that dude right there. Deserves all kinds of yes. Uh, thank you, Dennis Miller. Rewards and awards. <laughs> he he's yeah. That 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 so, dude did it. Yeah. So um. So anyway, I'm I'm learning now. I I need to learn how to walk. Like I can't leave like this, right? Okay. So from October to December, I'm learning how to walk. Virtual machine walks for me. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, of course, they do the process: the the sitting up, the mm-hmm. standing. All of that, now the walking. So machine starts to move my legs for mm-hmm. me. And I walk, you know, a couple of feet. I rest, a couple more feet. And I'm exhausted after mm-hmm. like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, then we get to a point where it's uh, it's December. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's November. Okay. And I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. I've gotten the ventilator off. I think the machine had breathed for me so long, I even forgot how to breathe. I remember getting my stuff out and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to have a trach mm-hmm. um, so they could actually amplify my voice until mm-hmm. my lungs, you know, you could hear me. And um, so my voice is being amplified by this machine. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I got to do something different. I'm like, yeah, we're going to send you to another rehab. This is November. So I'm Thanksgiving in the hospital, right? Yeah. I have a whole new gratitude for cranberry sauce, just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. They don't give you that in the hospital. Uh, so um, it's November, and they're like, okay, we can send you to a nursing home. We can send you to an overnight rehab, and you stay there for another, I think, three to six weeks. We teach you how to walk more because at this point I'm on a walker, uh, so wheelchair to walker kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I'm on a walker, and uh, they're like, we're going to send you to a nursing home. I was like, I cannot go to a nursing home because people in there are on the end of their life. I'm not going to be – because I'm thinking I'm going to walk. I'm going to get out of the hospital in December, November or December. Then I'm going to start working in January because right. I'm, like, <laughs> ready to go back to work. Right. Uh, that doesn't happen. Sure. Of course not. <laughs> so I get home. Uh, well, I finally opted. They're like – 
you know, you don't have to go. You can go home. Uh-huh. And now I can't sit up completely on my own because okay. I have a hospital bed. You know, it's uh-huh. doing things for me. So I decide, okay, I'm going to go home. Now, that probably wasn't the wisest decision. I was going to say. So, yeah, so you can't, still can't do all this stuff. So now it's on Dennis. They have to do all this. <laughs> Dennis and my son, Ryan, uh, they are, like, helping me, like, get in the bed, get up, turn over, all kinds of stuff, right? So I'm still thinking I'm going to I'm gonna nail rehab. Then I'm going to go and start working about, I don't know, January, February right, at the right, latest. Right. So now we're in 2022. Mm-hmm. I don't make any business plans in, t- in 2022, by the way. I just, you know, I wing it, right, mm-hmm. at this point. And so, but in my mind, I'm still like, okay, I got to get back to what I know. And that all I've known is real estate. I've been in real estate 23 years. Sure. Uh, so, I another revelation is like, okay, something different has to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I go home. um, and I go to outpatient rehab at this point. They're all booked. Like, it's hard to get in one. Uh, so I finally find one, and they have two types of rehab I need, but they don't have the oxygen and lung because I'm on an oxygen tank mm-hmm. at this point. I'm sleeping with oxygen. I'm sitting up every day with oxygen. And I um, would just tell myself, okay, I'm going to do the process like walking. I'm going to take off my oxygen for a minute. Then I'm going to take it off for five. Then I'm going to take it. So I'm, I'm working up to be without it. At this, I think the highest level I got off was like three hours. Now, was this you doing this on your own? Did you Pretty get, much. You already yeah, know. See how you do. See? <laughs> okay. It was even, even when I went to rehab, my doctors knew, like, okay, you need to rest. And I was like, no, I can go a few more minutes. They were like, okay, listen, chick, you need to rest. Mm-hmm. Sit down for a second. Catch your breath. But I had to have measures. Like, I'm just that person regardless. Right. You got to have. I got to know, like, what am I shooting for? Sure. You got to have know? benchmarks. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, and she knew when I was getting tired. So, she would say, okay, we got to sit down, right? Um, because now I'm just walking back and forth mm-hmm. in the building, but I'm still using a walker. Eventually, I graduate to a cane. Mm-hmm. I go from a cane to walking on my own, mm-hmm. slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm walking on my own. And, uh, you know, my um, arms, of course, my muscles have just been sitting there. Right. So um, just even learning how to, um, my range of motion, mm-hmm. like being able to comb my own hair and just simple things that we take for granted. I probably didn't do my own hair until twenty. 22, the end of 2022, okay. you know, at this point, I need help with almost everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so here's where we are. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so all of this, this whole ordeal, yes. and we're very thankful you made it through it, but it has to leave you a changed person. Yes. Your your mentality has to be a little bit different, right? You yes. can't go through something like that and, mm-hmm. and now – live the same way you were yeah. you know you, things have to change so yeah. tell me what's the biggest thing so you you get through this and now you're at you know a point where you can kind of uh do things and make choices and things like that what what happens to your your psyche your your mind what what do you what does life look like mm. now versus before. Yeah, so I think before, I probably didn't know this, but before I felt like I was a pretty humble person. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole different side of humility uh, in a situation where you need everyone else's help. Mm-hmm. But I always thought I was patient, but not to this level of patience. Sure. Um, I'm more grateful, although I felt like, oh, I have a gratitude today. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's not the level of gratitude right. we're thinking about at this point. Uh, so I become definitely more grateful. The things that I thought were important to me were not as important because I'm the person. Like, I'm going to show up as the solution or with the solution, mm-hmm. one of the two. Now I realize it's not even my problem to have a solution for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I shared with you guys earlier, like, if somebody calls, like, hey, I need help moving, I probably would try to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not that's not in my plan. Like it's not a part of my life's work or life's purpose because here's the thing I had to realize. I've been granted another opportunity uh-huh. that people don't get. Sure. Right? Um miracles are 
more than one in a million, right? So it's, I mean, it's only one in a million chances at a miracle. And so where I am right now is definitely a miracle. And because there's no scientific evidence that says I should be here, there's nothing else that says I should be here. So I don't want to waste a moment of my time doing something that is not what I need to be doing in the future, in, you know, in the, in the future yeah. or in the present, right? So the time with my family, like, I can't get that back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To to be able to, we talk about, I know you've heard of the book, The One Thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the one more thing. Like, what's one more thing I need to be doing so I can accomplish what I'm supposed to do? Do I need to work an extra hour? Do I need to spend an extra hour with my... I mean, you want one more chance. One more chance to spend with my husband. One more chance to spend with my children. And I don't know when my time ends. Like, we don't know how much time's on our clock. Without a doubt. Yeah, your mortality (laughs) is... You know what I'm saying? You're like, like, wow, this could be... It right. right. I even I told my husband. I said, "Listen." I, I asked him, "Like, do you want to go?" I, we were trying to go somewhere, or I was trying to go somewhere. Let me put it that way. And I was like, "But tomorrow may not even be here. Mm-hmm. Like, we can choose to do it today because I, I don't even watch TV anymore, Al. Like, I didn't watch TV a lot before, mm-hmm. but now I absolutely don't watch it. Like, if somebody says, "Hey, did you hear what was going on?" I may turn on the news or whatever. But I'm not sitting up every day, like on Thursdays at 7 o'clock, I need to watch this TV show, Mm -hmm. or I need to record this TV show because it really doesn't matter. So, okay, because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. And so instead of then, that period where you would have been watching TV, what what are you doing now then? Reading, writing, Mm -hmm. um, catching up on life, you know what I mean? I spend a lot of times working. You know, we applaud ourselves uh, for being workaholics, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of us do. And, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, you're like, yeah, Not workaholic. for Work, that right now. Exactly. <laughs> workaholic for what? Right. right. Um, hey, you're going to get whatever I leave you. Right, right. You know, whatever insurance doesn't, you know, I mean, whatever I don't need, like, to, you know, close out my life, I like to say. Yeah, you can have that. Like, yeah. <laughs> nothing else really matters at that point. Well, I know you got busy creating a uh, training curriculum and, yes. and all that. You kind of got I've been deep practicing into that. it, yes, for sure. I've been writing a lot of curriculum, actually, and testing it out. Uh-huh. I've actually um, I had my first class. I had about 60-plus people in there, okay. and these are people who are paying to take the class. Nice. Um, Did you wear a mask? It was virtual. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so that. Um, let's see what else. And I did another one just here recently on investing in real estate and I probably had about 35 people in that class virtual mm-hmm. uh virtual is like my thing right now <laughs> uh I do show up though with my mask mm-hmm. I show up with my face shield uh when I can and or when I feel like I need to when sure. I'm going to be around a lot of people mm-hmm. uh and so I'm a lot more careful than I was before uh with all things right mm-hmm. Whether that's driving or, you know, going to the grocery store. You know, people, I never knew how people would just order their groceries, but I think it's probably one of the best things invented. It is. You know, saves you time, mm-hmm. saves you money, because I'm the person, I'm going to get on, what's on the list, and I'm also going to get what else I feel like I need, right. depending on what I'm passing by in the grocery store. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not just going to get what's on the list. So, anyway. Yeah. So, it changes. So, now there's a you you're not that you didn't prioritize things before you do prioritize not to that things, level though but now it's it's mm-hmm. very you're, you're very yeah. conscious of it you want to make sure that the time that you're spending is well spent Correct. and well spent with the people that you want to spend it Correct. with Correct very good very mm-hmm. good the uh you know it's amazing uh, that you were able to uh, I mean it's it is like you said nothing short of a miracle right uh that you were able to pull through that and for you surely it probably feels because you're a woman of faith it surely must feel like okay there's something else or some other things or some unfinished business Mm, that i was allowed to stay here to correct do 
Yeah. So do you have a feel for what that may be, what that, what this chapter of your life is supposed to be? There's many parts of my story, and, and sometimes it's overwhelming to tell it all. Mm-hmm. So there's many parts of my story that I feel like is really going to make a change in how we think, how we move, mm-hmm. um, and our time. I'm writing this book. It's called Time is of the Essence. Okay. I'm going back through it right now. I feel like I've gone through it several times since I've written it. I started at the beginning of this year. Uh, or I'm sorry, the beginning of 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still working on it. Like, I felt like I'd be done in like 90 days, well, right? We need to hurry get right. that time is of the essence. So <laughs> right. you need to get it out there. So, it, But here's the interesting part. I don't want to leave out the parts that I get from other people. Gotcha. Because I think that makes a difference. And it's the reason I feel like it makes a difference is before I got sick, um, I had been talking about having a corner crew, right? Mm-hmm. A group of people who are there to support you, remind you, of, you know, why you're here, why you're fighting for this, that, or the other. And um, the people who are in my corner mm-hmm. during this time, my family, my friends. I mean, I have two girlfriends who showed up. Like, I wasn't there for my son's birthday, mm-hmm. but they showed up with cake and to celebrate him because they know that's what I would have wanted sure. for him. You know what I mean? So the people who I've had in my corner, brokerages, um, leadership, but my friends, family, my church family, all of those people, like, had to come together mm-hmm. to make this work. Now, what I didn't share with you is when I found out I had COVID, my husband had been vaccinated. He also got COVID, and my son uh-huh. also got COVID. Uh-huh. But what happened with them, though? But <laughs> they, yeah, because they were vaccinated. Anyway, and, and they, they, so they were what covered. I'm saying yeah. is, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm saying is, all those like they they needed help too. Mm-hmm. So although I'm here fighting for my life, they still are fighting for theirs in a different format, sure. right? Sure. So, um, so people that I know just came together. You know, all of a sudden, I can't pray for myself. I'm the person they're going to call. Hey, Melinda, mm-hmm. can you join us on this prayer call? Can you pray with us? I was even doing a prayer call for my brokerage before all this happened. Mm-hmm. So I can't pray for myself. So I have to depend on other people to pray me through the situation. Sure, you sure. know what I mean? Your corner so crew. I like that. Corner the corner crew, crew is, yeah. is good. That's yeah. It takes you back to your boxing reference, yes, Creed and all that stuff. So you got and three. <laughs> <laughs> so that corner crew yes. is, is there, and I'm sure that you are now more conscious of being a member of somebody else's corner Correct. crew. So you're there to help support mm-hmm. others and do things. To a things. certain extent. To a certain extent, right, right. Yeah. To, to the extent of... Uh, <laughs> like you, you're still now able to make decisions based on your priorities, and so, right. like you said, somebody say, hey, "I need you to come help me move." Uh, Probably not gonna happen. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I didn't right. like helping people move to in the first place. With, exactly. Right. So, so very good reason and excuse yeah. not to help them move. Well, Call me when the boxes are unpacked. Right. I, right. Yeah. yeah. I'll come celebrate with you then. So I think this is this has been good. I'm, I'm glad you came and and yeah. shared this because most people, you know, we hear the stories, but not to this level of detail because nobody, you know, we knew. There were a lot of tragic situations that came out of this. Right. And, you know, and we just a handful of stories like yours. I, you know, and I don't know of one uh, like yours where somebody actually survived the extent of the stuff that you went through. Correct. And, uh, and so, and I agree that, you know, now what you're doing, prioritizing certain things, completing certain things, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, curriculum and and training course that you've been talking you had been talking about yeah yeah but that had been on the agenda for a while but now it is prioritized and you got it finished and 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 moving forward with it and so i think what is the so the your big takeaway of because i I think you know all of life's uh setbacks and challenges and obstacles are all teaching moments Mm -hmm. and so I would say if you're going to leave us with anything today, what is the greatest lesson you've learned from all of this? I believe not to work on someone else's vision more than you work on your own. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. There's only there's one thing that you're uniquely created to do. Uh You should do that. Not that you shouldn't be involved in other things, but that needs to be the priority. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So if you were to look up, because at the end of, yeah, so at the end of, let's say this thing had ended in August, Mm -hmm. and you look back, you know, and you're in heaven, and you're kind of taking inventory of of whose agenda you worked on the most, 
and it probably would be somebody else's, right? It would have been their thing. Right. There, even even for um, not just business, even personally. Sure, sure, sure. You know? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, not just yeah. a business thing. Yo, mm-hmm. you personally, yeah. many of the things and the choices that we make are um, choices uh, born out of trying to do something for somebody else's benefit. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but. This has been good, Melinda. I appreciate you. We're gonna have to have you come back. I know. I feel and, like and I kept rambling. No, on no, no. And it was good. On. It was. It was a very compelling story. It was one that, you know, I knew what was happening, but I didn't know yeah. uh, what all was happening. And and so grateful, so glad that uh, everything did work out. <laughs> um, you know, I think you glad fought, to be here. Another lesson you probably learned that hey, if this. Another pandemic sweeps through here. You will, whatever that vaccine whatever, is, you will yeah. get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you were relying oh, yeah. on, I guess. And I'm like, okay, I guess oh, you waiting gosh. to do the. You're not going to let this go. Well, I, I couldn't understand. I thought maybe you were thinking, well, maybe you believe that, yeah, they'll well, inject you with Lysol or Ajax or something, hit you with that light. What were they talking about? Hit the body with the light and all you know that what? stuff. Maybe let you me... would believe in that stuff. Oh, and I was gosh. like, what are you doing, Melinda? Here's the thing. I still, I, you know, you feel, sometimes you get to a point where you feel invincible. Yeah. Like, yeah. You well, really do. That's, you, you know, you know what, what I mean? That is true. Yeah. That is true. You feel like, hey, I've survived this, that, and the other. I can definitely survive this. And plus, I didn't know any fatal instances with COVID, right. not personally. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So now if people ask me, I send them a picture. Oh, with the picture you sent? Is it not, the picture you not sent? Not that one. Okay. Not that one. There was one in between, right? Oh, okay. Where I'm like, Plugged up to everything. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'll Let them know it's real. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of people who have gotten vaccines since then. Sure. And I tell people, it's your own personal decision, mm-hmm. but be ready for the consequence of what the, con- what the consequences Absolutely. look like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Play it the way you want to play Here it. Here are my consequences. There right you now. go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, Melinda, this has been great. I appreciate you hanging Thank with you. us. All of you who were listening, hopefully you liked today. So if you get a chance, please like this on our social media pages and subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. But uh, hopefully we did accomplish the three E's today. Did and we? we? Yeah, I think okay, we did. Good. I think we All did. Right. So we hope to see you next time, and y'all have a great day.